The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I'm Kim Commando, America's Digital Goddess, and you're listening to the Secrets of Technology podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to the Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hey, Pat. Greetings. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hey, Father Andrew. Oh. Uh, Folks, before we get into our show, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Doctor Who. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. And if you go there this week, uh, the week that the show releases, you'll get to hear uh, Jimmy Aiken and me and Father Corey Stika discussing the the 13th doctor regeneration into the 14th doctor it's a big it's a big episode so you need to check that out all right so we do have some listener feedback from previously and this comes from our discord community uh tom on discord says uh dom i heard you mention on the episode that you were able to only do one location for a mass in in focus modes i would last time we talked about focus modes setting up focus modes and i i was saying i i like to have a focus mode for when i go to mass so that when i when i get to my my parish it automatically goes into focus mode it won't ring it won't give me notifications no distractions and i don't have to remember to do it which is the big thing uh and then it turns off when i leave but i'm like oh i can only do one location turns out i was wrong uh tom told me i just looked at my phone and see two different churches one is my parish the other is the cathedral in uh, i guess he's in kansas city kansas where he's one of the organists where the focus mode will enable. So, yeah, it turns out that it's not the clearest possible, but if you go into, on iOS 16, focus, settings, focus, click on the on the particular focus mode, and then go to under set a schedule, add schedule. Now, add schedule to me doesn't say, or location. No. <laughs> but that's what it is. So it's add schedule, or location, or an app when you're, you know, when you're in a particular app. So, um, yeah, so that's really helpful there. And so thank you, thank you, Tom, you've solved one of my problems. So now uh, I have my parish, but I also have the two other churches that I sometimes go to Mass at for Holy Days or uh, when we're getting the last chance Mass when we've been camping with the Scouts. (laughs) (laughs) The last chance. (laughs) The last chance Mass. Uh, So that's good. Thank you. That's a big help to me, hopefully a big help to others. All right, let's talk about our main uh, topic for today. There was an article in The Atlantic a few months ago, or not a few months ago at this point, but several weeks ago, called Of God and the Machines, Of God and Machines. And it's uh, by Stephen March, and the the subtitle is The Future of Artificial Intelligence is Neither Utopian Nor Dystopian. It's Something Much More Interesting. And the premise is that Artificial intelligence is advancing fast enough and has become so ubiquitous and powerful that the changes that it's introducing to society will, in essence, be like a new religion. Um, so uh, what, I'll, let me give you this one quote, and then we can go from there. We can talk about it from there. He says, technology is moving into realms that were considered 
for millennia, Divine Mysteries. AI is transforming writing and art, The Divine Mystery of Creativity. It is bringing back the dead, The Divine Mystery of Resurrection. We'll get to that in a second. It is moving closer to imitations of consciousness, The Divine Mystery of Reason. It is piercing the heart of how language works between people, The Divine Mystery of Ethical Relation. Now, what do you all think of this? That The whole bringing back the dead thing is about how uh, this one company is or Microsoft, in fact, has patented this chatbot that can be used to simulate real people. And one company is using that to create recreations of dead loved ones. So you can chat with your your <laughs> dead relations that you've lost. Um, what do you think of this idea? <laughs> Father Andrew, I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, so so on. Uh, I guess my my first uh, reaction to the title and and the whole idea is technology is already a religion to some people. What I mean is not what they mean. What I mean by it is that it's become an idol. The 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 cell phone in your pocket, you know, becomes the god of my world, and you know, Snapchat is is my everything, and TikTok and and whatnot. So I, I guess I say that first of all to just point out that that yeah, we're already there. It's the golden calf for for many many people, and uh, we want to be careful about that. Um, but in terms of what, where this where this article going is going, I I think it's 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 fascinating what technology can do. I I think I think his title is a bit more clickbait though than than anything, and and I don't want to maybe oversimplify it, but there's no soul there in artificial intelligence, and um, you know so things like art. Um, I've I've seen a a lot of art online of oh this is this we had an ai you know uh algorithm create this art and you can't tell that it's ai created versus person created and for someone like myself i've i've actually worked with a number of and dom you have too worked with artists to to commission mm-hmm. digital digital pieces we've done that for our sqpn uh t-shirts and whatnot yep and um, it was pointed out that having an AI do an art is equivalent, and this is a very loose analogy, so don't don't take it too far. But like ordering a pizza, like you just kind of put a bunch of ingredients together, what you want, what you don't want, and then the you know the uh, machine can create a pizza for you. Mm. There's no skill there; it's just kind of. So, and and I guess what I mean by that is like an artist who puts time and effort into a creation. There's a soul there. There's a there's a there's something that an AI just can't reproduce. Mm. Uh, and I, and I don't, I don't know how else to kind of put my finger on it. It's easier in the turn, in the case of the, uh, the AI chatbot that's speaking from the dead person's perspective. That is, that is just an AI trying to tate. Right. If, by what it's read in the past or what it's picked up from, from input from the, the, you know, people alive that knew the person. But even that is more clear that there is no soul there. There is no no person. person. Exactly. Exactly. That's, I think that's the big difference is religion isn't just about something powerful. The faith, Mm. especially Christian faith is about a relationship with someone. And, and I don't care how sophisticated your AI is. It's not a someone. It's a something. Pat, what do you think? I agree with all of that. It, it it does become hard for the average consumer to look at something and say, wh- wh- what created it? And therefore, how do I relate to this piece? 
you know, because uh, you could have, you know, I know the AI is limited by all the things that it's uh, been fed in. So like a list of ingredients for the pizza example, you know, you can have a really creative looking pizza, but it's still mechanically produced because there's only so many ingredients and ways you can combine them. But a, a, a chef or a cook is using their intuition, their their uh, their own experience to to shape the way a, a particular dish works. It just is a very simple thing, but it's it's confusing for the the viewer to know what created it. I don't think it makes it real or makes it human, uh, but it is confusing for the viewer. Yeah, and. It- and I, th- this whole thing about the, the, this chatbot. So like an article in the San Francisco Chronicle told the story of this guy, Jos- Joshua Barbeau, who created a bot of his deceased fiance, Jessica. And then he continued to have this relationship, relationship. with it um, that, you know, and it was, is that, is that human? Like that's not her. And he's not grieving properly. He's not, he hasn't been able to let her go. I mean, she exists still. She's not, gone she exists in the afterlife and you i you know i i mean i just I, I lost my dad a month ago you know i would love to be able to talk to my dad but that's not going to happen uh in this life and and having a chatbot that simulates that is it's not fair to him frankly <laughs> Well, and it's almost a sick way of looking at something as if, you know, it could replace a person. And that's kind of sick to me. Yeah. It's not wholesome. Right. Um, even even something as simple as um, to, to kind of even back this up a little bit in the, the, the memoirs of, of someone or an autobiography where they wrote the the words. Even those kind of things. We are we are reading it. We're reading their words, but we're still it's still filtered through our perspective, through our mm-hmm. even. And so, yes, we're reading their words, but no matter what, that we're not we're still not touching the person behind the words. We're getting closer, right? But there's still yeah. It, and and so with it with an AI chatbot or or something like that, it's it's. It could go off in all sorts of number of different ways, but it's not the person. It's it's the it's whoever programmed the AI interpretation or how they interpret. They're teaching the computer to interpret. And right, you know. It, I think of. Yeah. I, I guess I think I I'm, I think I'm trying to touch on. <laughs> dare I even go down this road? Aquinas, um, you know, everything is received according to the mode of the receiver. Right. And, and so like, so even, even us talking here, you're, you know, you're, you're receiving my words as, you know, as I'm saying them, but even, but from your own, you have a, your own filter. Yep. I'm speaking clearly and there's really nothing ambiguous. Yeah. I think there's a, there's an element in our modern society where we've, we perceive that we know more than we do. There's a hermeneutical problem to get fancy with it, which is, um, and this stems from the, the culture of celebrity that we have. That is, um, we we see celebrities on TV or in, in movies or in, in, in magazines or now on social media, and it feels like a intimate relationship. It feels like we know them. Oh, I know Brad Pitt. You know, I have I am close to him. I have a relationship with. You don't know him. You there's an image. There's a I mean there's a public a persona. persona. Yeah, it, that's not him. And 
I think that's filtering into how how we also inter- interact with technology, and it's a similar problem that's just being overlaid on technology. So uh, one of the other quotes I wanted to mention from this article, he says that all this is happening at a raw moment in spiritual life. The decline of religion in America is a sociological fact. Religious identification has been in precipitous decline for decades. Silicon Valley has offered two replacements, the theory of the simulation, which postulates that we're all living inside a giant computational matrix, and of the singularity in which the imminent arrival of a computational consciousness will reconfigure the essence of our humanity. And you know what? He hits on a, on a true point there, which is, I think part of this, you know, looking to machines as some sort of mechanical or technological savior is a part of the, our our religious decline. Right. Yeah, what they're trying to, people are looking for something to replace what they think is obsolete and, and inactive. And instead, they're they're just finding another golden calf, as you say. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It, it reminds me, too, of... of science fiction novels out there. And I'm thinking of one in particular, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, the first one was way better. Uh, Ready Player One. Uh, and, and I don't want to spoil things too much, um, but part of the the where, where the whole plot ends up going is the idea of like, and this isn't, it isn't the only in this book, it's other things too. It's like capturing your consciousness and uploading it yeah. to some sort of, computer system and therefore have uh life right have everlasting life like you live forever like that's the resurrection and mm-hmm. but like even that that's no longer you that's an ai matrix of of what you might say and what you might you know think it's 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 not it's not you and and it just um i i kind of i i looked at this article and i kind of got a little um <laughs> irritated by it if I'm honest with you Salty. because it, well it, it yeah it it it, neg- it 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 doesn't take into account the it, it seems to 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 make the world all material mm. as if like we can understand everything eventually by science and technology and you know and so it's it's calling transubstantiation magic yeah. and and such things no, no. the The world is is bigger than the visible, and that's why we, of course, in the creed, we believe in the visible and the invisible, and, right. and miracles, and 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 all of this sorts of things. And it can't it can't just be that technology can do things that appear magical, and and we reduce everything to that. Uh, the yeah. the other the other quick point that I want to make too is is ultimately you know we still can look at technology and you you. You again, kind of go Aquinas here um, and follow, well, who created the computer, who created the AI and go back to it still will lead ultimately back to there is a creator, even right. in a philosophical sense. Yes, there's the, there's a creator who created the machine and there's a creator who created the the machine's creator right. until you right. go back to the first cause, the right. uncaused cause, which is God. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to m- mention, by the way, is uh, this the, the, in the article, they kind of t- touch on like creativity and how one whole paragraph was actually like written by an AI uh, text generator, mm-hmm. um, and which was kind of surprising. Uh, and he mentions this pseudo write uh, pro- program. And I remember and I think this came up in a previous episode. I don't know if I if I mentioned it in an episode or if I just read about it. But like this, um, these Amazon has a lot of these people who kind of write almost like shovelware books. They just they churn out 
like dozens of Kindle books and it's it's all about the volume. And if they can make it push out enough of these, put an attractive cover on it, they acquire an audience. And you just if you get enough, you know, it's large volume. I can make a living doing that. And this these writers have started to realize that these A.I., writers can now produce the books for them so that what they do is they can give it a prompt and let it run and they don't have to hardly do anything now most of them claim oh i just let it help me get through um uh writer's block but you know the temptation must be there to just let the ai do it and is that a good book is that you know i mean is it worth reading i i mean it it might be interesting in a pulpy sort of way but is it art and i don't think it is well and i like the the that particular article we have we did talk about this on the show where the one gal said you know it, it became something that she she found she was letting it do more and more and then she said no i can't do that so what she will do is she will let it generate some stuff and it basically look at it for ideas and then sit down and write it herself. Yeah. Because she said, I realized I was no longer part of my art. Right. I was, I actually was just going back to the pizza analogy. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm hungry tonight, but um, you know, there, there can be totally legitimate, like, you know, I'm going to go to, to, to um, my favorite pizza place and order something and then take that idea and say, I'm going to do this at home. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use my homegrown tomatoes and I'm going to do everything, you know, from scratch. And I would and agree like that, seed, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that is, that is a legitimate chef's creation. Yep. Um, but you can, you can legitimately use the AI to kind of, yeah, get the brain working and whatnot. But, um, I, I, the, 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 the I think art itself has to be reserved for a person whether that's yes. god's creativity or man's creativity even an ai who creates art it's still the man who created the ai right has right. that the art place right. there right i agree i agree that the ai is the tool it's the paintbrush it's just a sophisticated mm-hmm. paintbrush mm-hmm. but it's still a paintbrush and it's not creative um you know what one of the uh examples given in here of the our ai future possible AI features. Uh, I had to laugh because this one, let me read this one. Um, Schmidt proposed a possible version of our AI AI future. Um, If you imagine a child born today, you give the child a baby toy or a bear and that bear is AI enabled. And every year the child gets a better toy. Every year the bear gets smarter. And in a decade, the child and the bear who are best friends are watching television. And the bear says, I don't really like this television show. The kid says, yeah, I agree with you. And all I can imagine is that movie, Ted. Yes. <laughs> the foul mouth teddy bear with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, even the movie AI really was kind of that way. You know, yes. the little boy that was was, uh, you know, not really real. But the thing is, is that it it simulated it's it. And so it it was similar enough that people could be taken in by it. But when you really get behind it, you can see the difference. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I think in the end, I think we, we're, we're in agreement. Like the, the article, like a lot of these types of articles, it, it has too much of a materialist view of the world and a materialist view of faith and religion and does not, you know, it, the, the worldview that it comes from sort of just has ruled out the supernatural and the metaphysical. And is, and is really just a materialist view. 
And so, yeah, th- then therefore it, we could have a AI God, you know, because because then that in that calculus, God is just a powerful being. Um, right. And that's, it's, you know, it's no different than the, the, the cavemen of, of days gone past being lightning mm-hmm. and thunder and having a lightning God and a thunder God. That's right. a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, uh, yeah, it, it bears watching because this is going to be, this is going to be something that's going to be more and more popular this way of thinking. And so as, as Christians, we need to be prepared to, as first Peter three fifteen says, but always be prepared to give a defense. And so we need to be prepared to, to talk about this, not in a aggressive or, or way, but in a, in a, you know, smart reasoned way, uh, to have conversations with people. Well, and, and to, to be very careful in, in how we, where we put our money, you know, so yep. you're, there, there's going to be, there's going to be a ton of scams come out in the next few decades of, you know, preserve your, your loved ones, yeah. you know, life and memory. And you can, you know, continue to talk after they're gone sorts of scams that people will just fall into. And yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. Grief is a powerful thing. And, and for a lot of us, it would be very tempting to, or and other other emotions and passions are powerful things, and we need to be careful about them and guard them from being exploited by these things, and to not and to not lose sight of what's true, what's good, what's beautiful, and what's from God, as opposed to these things which lead us away from God or distract us from God. So that's a and sort of to learn part of to this. use them as tools, not yeah. as as ends in themselves. Yeah, yep. as substitutes. And- yeah, and, and not to go too far negative either, to, to, yeah, to recognize that these things can be used in a way that bring us together right. and to bring yes. us closer to God. They just can't be the God that, that we're searching for. <laughs> right. Don't worship your smartphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. All right. With that, uh, I want to take a moment before we move on to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Lindsay S., Alfredo B., Edward G, Ian J, and Trey K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, our next story we want to talk about, this headline, uh, it says, um, the headline is, Say hello to crazy thin deep insert ATM skimmers. So uh, Cribs, uh, not Cribs, Krebs on security. Um, what's his first name? It's a famous name. Um, he, he, Krebs is a is a famous uh, security researcher. Uh, in fact, is Brian Krebs. Sorry, Brian. Uh, <laughs> famous security researcher who's always got a good a good website, Krebs on security. And he's he got this article that came out a, a while ago about you know you know how the, these ATM skimmers have been around for a while where they they put this thing over the uh, the ATM in you know, the uh, card slot on ATMs or other devices. And as your card's going in, it reads the card and then they'll always have a camera nearby watching as you type in your pin. Well, these have gotten much more sophisticated and uh, I want to bring them now just to get, to make people aware. So these ones are so small and thin, they actually go inside the card slot so that you can't see them. They're in there and they are, um, you know, reading the cards as they go in and you can't, and you can't, you can't defend against it because you can't see it. Um, the old um, defense was always whenever you come up to a, you know, a card reader, like at a gas pump or an ATM, you should pull on it, you know, pull on the thing before you put your card in, make sure it's, it's doesn't come off. It's not fake. Um, 
But these are so, so did you, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures, but these yeah. are so slick and so sophisticated. It's scary. Um, so ha- have you ever run into or know anybody that ran into getting their card skimmed? I, I haven't. I don't know. If I've had some, fr- some people, some clients that they know that they were at a particular gas station and then they got, they got uh, charges ba- on that particular credit card that that's all they uh. used it for. So wow. yeah, they in the that that is kind of scary. But I guess I've started when I pull up to a pump, see if they've got the little wireless symbol on it, and 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 we'll use that. The other thing the article surprised me on was that people that when they're going up and putting in their pin, if you cover what you're doing, that would that would take care of ninety percent of it. Right. If you cover the the keypad as you type in your pin. Um, but the thing is, you got to know where it's the pin, the, the, uh, the pin ca- pinhole camera is, uh, that, right. that might be, so you got to really cover it really well. So, I mean, you, you, you can look paranoid, but you're going to be a, a lot safer because they need your pin in order to do anything with the information that they're skimming off the card. Uh, but yeah, that, that's what I was going to say too, about the, the, the NFC or Apple pay or Google pay or whatever. I use that wherever I can, as much as I can. I try not to put my card in anything if I can help it these days. Um, yeah. Everything well, seems to be going that way anyway. Just, I mean, any new card that you get has the little chip that you can just tap or you can, yeah. Um, or yeah, definitely like Apple Pay or you can just use your phone or if you've got the Apple card. Yeah. Right. Or definitely. or even just the uh, wallet. You know, you, you don't have to have an Apple card. Just just have your cards in the wallet will do it. Yeah. yeah. And your watch and of course, especially. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the pin would assume that that's a bank that you're entering your pin number because on a gas station you don't have to enter a pin. No, you don't. So that's uh, ATM. Yeah, that's, yeah. Or, yeah, 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 and that's that's linked directly to your to your bank account debit card. Right, right. right. So uh, although if it's if you put a debit card in a gas, it's been a while since I've used a debit card at a gas station because I do the the Apple Pay, but I'm pretty sure if you use a debit card at a gas station, you have to enter your pin. So that might well, be a- uh, most of them are, they look and act like a, uh, a Visa card or whatever. And so you don't have to okay. go through Visa and like, it'll, I think, I think it'll like pop up and say debit and you just say no, and it'll run it as a credit card. Right. Okay. So, but still yeah. debit to your account. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't help if someone's got the, the card numbers. Yeah. That's no. right. So in general, yeah, I, I, the, my, the, the general advice is, you know, do the the tug thing, you know, cover the the keypad and use NFC, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, whatever it is, as much as possible. Or the uh, if it's got the chip, if you even get a card with a chip on it and you can tap to tap to pay, tap to pay, do all any of that before putting well, the card or in. Or if it's got a chip instead of a mag stripe, that seems to be much safer. The the, the chip does. The chip's encrypted. Yeah. The yes. stripe the stripe is the mag stripe is a deadly one. Yeah, it's it's completely unencrypted. That just blows my mind. There is no encryption. It's all out in the open. That's like riding around with your with your social security number in your back window. You know, I mean, just yeah. like, <laughs> take it, take it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so our next headline is this story out of Japan. Uh, this cafe in Japan has robot waiters controlled uh of course japan robot waiters japan loves robots um (laughs) but this is different because they're controlled by disabled workers and so they're remote controlled uh by folks who are um not on location they're like working from home that kind of remote work uh 
moving the back the the robots around the cafe, taking orders, bringing food. Uh, they said like one of the goals was to um, b- b- disable people are often invisible or hidden away uh, in a homogenous society that prioritizes productivity and fitting in. They aren't actually, uh, you know, in fact, they're, not, they're still <laughs> invisible to the people using, you know, uh, you know, at this cafe. What do you think? I mean, is this, it's nice that they get a job that they, this is a way to provide jobs to people, which is great. But is it solving the problem of invisibility? What do you what do you think of this story? I don't think it solves the invisibility issue, but they did mention in the article that people who were had mobility problems or even, you know, could use their eyes to to move the robots around. So it looks like they're helping a class of disabled that's a lot more intense than just I'm sitting at home and I'm going to do this remote job. So I like the idea, but no, it doesn't help that unless they're talking back and forth with somebody, you know, actually chatting with the customer, that might make them more, quote, visible, just like an AI, pardon me, not an AI, uh, an avatar in a a video game. If it's a real person, you're you're still seeing the person, even if they're not physically visible. True. Yeah. And this article, it talks about how... um, a lot of the people are like they have ALS or uh, spinal muscular atrophy, atrophy, which are um, conditions which can hinder speech. Uh, so, right. uh, but they allow them to communicate through the robots using um, speech synthesis. So yeah, like that Stephen they, Hawking type y- thing. Yeah, so they so they they type it. They can type in stuff, and then the robot speaks for them. So, in a way, I mean, that is a type of presence for them. So, yeah. I think I mean I kind of like the idea of of doing this. Uh, you know, um, uh, frankly, it's better than like all just like robot robots that are not controlled, but right. are, like it's supposed to be AI robots taking your order and delivering food. I can't imagine <laughs> the kind of problems you'd have in a, a restaurant like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you're in Tokyo, uh, you can go get a cup of coffee at dawn and test it out. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, and our last headline is a little bit of, um, uh, let's see, a, a PSA, a Windows, the latest, one of the latest releases of uh, Windows 11, there might be another one since then, uh, just released, has a new security feature called Enhanced Phishing Protection uh, that warns users when they enter their Windows password in insecure applications or on websites. So Windows, your so it's your Windows login credentials. And this is a big deal because the, that that's the sort of thing that gives outside hackers the ability to get into your internal network, not just your computer, but into the network of, say, your employer. And that's how ransomware starts and all that sort of thing. So if you put your password in a in a on screen sticky note in like a sticky note application or in a text editor and note, well, was it WinPad, Notepad, whatever the Notepad, the win, yeah. Notepad or in uh, Microsoft Word or in Microsoft Excel, it's going to, it's going to say, Hey, this is insecure. Don't do this. Um, and I, I got to tell you a little story, which is that I used to work at a place that shall be unnamed where uh, all of the organization's passwords for everything, including the bank, were in a, a Microsoft Word document on the server that was not secured. That was on an on a Wi-Fi network that had no password. So yeah, anybody Jesus. could walk by, stand outside the door to the office with their laptop, and steal all their passwords. And I'm like, 
it wasn't long before I I, I got them on one password. <laughs> we yes. we started using that instead uh, because uh, they well what helped was when they had a bunch of money stolen from the bank and one of the uh, possibilities was that someone had stolen the passwords from that. It wasn't. It was actually somebody else. But um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 make a you make a, a good point there. Often people have to like have something stolen from them, or they have to have some catastrophe happen before they get uh, the um, the the password manager religion. You know, yeah. if you will. Uh, yeah, I would recommend one password. I, I mom and dad will love the shout out here. I finally just in the last few months got them to to get on one password, and they've been they've been <laughs> moving theirs because. You know, yeah, we, they, you pull open the drawer and there's the, the, the sticky note with the passwords, you know. And, yeah. Um, I see a lot it, of that with my 80, 90 year old clients. I mean, it's just it's not going to be easy to change that. Yeah, so. at least the sticky note is nobody can hack that. Yeah. And, you know, if it's in a physical location, <laughs> like in a notebook that's in a drawer, they'd have to be in your they house. They have to physically. Yeah. 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 Is a, versus a online notepad uh, file. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The only sad thing is, is that is only just the Microsoft password that's being protected and, and they can't do anything else because that's right. the only one they have access to. But it is a very narrow um, uh, way. Of, it's a very narrow protection. I wonder, I mean, I was going to say, I wonder if one password could do something. But if you have one password, then you're not you're not saving your password into other applications, you know what I mean? Insecure locations. Hopefully but, not. <laughs> but, but even then, like sometimes you could, you could possibly accidentally, I have done this where I've typed my one password, uh, password for the, to open the app, to unlock it in the wrong place. And in Slack, <laughs> or oh. like if you, like if God forbid I did it on Twitter, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not Just sure happened, you would know what yeah. it is, but you know, I, I gotta, I would have to change it, you know? Um, it would be nice, actually, if one password or any password manager could detect when you're typing at some place where you're not supposed to be any of your passwords that are that it's that it's controlling for you, managing for you. That would be right. a nice little feature, actually. Right. Uh, it would be a time consuming process, I'm sure, for it to go spin through all the passwords when you're typing into a Word document or something. I guess. Yeah. I wonder if that would be yeah too many cycles. Well, I mean, I have over 1700 passwords, so uh <laughs> I have a lot. I've been using one password for a long, long, long time. Uh, so yeah. that's that's why. But yeah, I can. I wonder. I, I I may I may actually tweet at them with this idea um, and see what they say if it's something that they've considered. But uh, right. yeah, just for equal time, there is LastPass and Dashlane that are yeah. also very good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I'm biased. Yeah. I was just going to say that I know one password at least does. You know, if it, it can tell if you've got two. Um, different Do accounts that use the same password and it, yeah. and it, you know, tries to help you clean up and not, and use a good password. Or if this website is compromised, it tells you that too. And yeah, right. All that good stuff. Yeah. It's so the, yeah, we've rec we've gone through recommendations of uh, password managers in the past. There's a lot of good ones in there. Uh, and you don't have to pick one password, uh, but pick one, <laughs> just pick something. <laughs> pick and something. Use yes. Because that, that's, that's really what I want you to do is that you don't, you don't have to do one password, but you have to do something. So those were our headlines this week. Let's move on to our last segment, which is our picks of the week. And uh, father Andrew, I'm going to let you go first. 
Okay, well, mine is uh, uh, super simple because partly because I didn't have time to prep for this show tonight, but um, it is something that I have been using a lot in the last two months that I never thought I would ever have to use ever in my entire life. <laughs> and I, I say that because, you know, I'm, I'm from Wyoming and I drive everywhere. Mm-hmm. My pick of the week, um, I'm currently in, in Washington, Washington, D.C., studying canon law at the Catholic University of America. So my life has been drastically changed as I've moved <laughs> to uh, the East Coast in the big city. And um, I left my car at home. So I, I am not driving anywhere. And so one of the things that I have found incredibly helpful and again, it's always been there, but I've just never used it. It's the the transit option for Apple Maps. Mm. And so, you know, when I when I want to go down to the National Mall or there's this really cool um, board game brewery down in Virginia across the across the river, you know, I can just put those places in my in my Apple Maps and it does a really good job of estimating the time of arrival and I can set transit as my default so I don't have to always it do, it doesn't assume I'm driving it now assumes that I'm taking the metro and it will also show where on the map like it'll say it'll have a like a, like if I'm taking the red line it'll show a little dot saying as of 20 seconds ago this is where the train is oh, in wow. comparison to where the the metro stop is that I'm heading for and it will tell me, like, you know, the next train leaves in five minutes, in 15 minutes. And if it's a, you know, 10-minute walk, I know that I'm going to get there and have to wait five minutes before the, the train shows up. So, um, I like, I never thought I would have to use tra- the transit option in Apple Maps, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. Nice. And um, it is very, very helpful getting around D.C. Uh, so, yeah. that is my pick of the week. Mass transit in Wyoming was two cars on the same highway, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a Pony Express. You pick up that horse at the next uh, the pony station. Uh, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love, um, you know, I, I, I live in the suburbs of Boston, so I don't ride the train a lot. But when I go into the city, especially with, with the kids, yeah, having that transit option is really helpful and that sort of information. Um, my, I, I don't know how much I can say. My brother is now working for the mass, the MBTA, the T in Boston uh, on a special technology project related to uh, getting that sort of information you mentioned out to people. Um, I, I hope at some point to be able to get him on the podcast to talk about it, because it's a very fascinating thing that he's doing um, that could, I, I mentioned it before once before on the podcast. And uh, so it, 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 you reminded me of that, but yeah, the Apple maps has become so good. It was a joke when they first came out with it, it was yeah like 10 years ago but i use it exclusively now it it is it has become that good yeah yeah, yeah i agree awesome good pick uh, pat what is your pick this week well i have a lot of people that have older machines that have had backups you know external drives plugged into their their older machines and and uh, the usba you know the the little square rectangle or rectangular plug and a lot of them are getting either newer Macs or the newer Dells or whatever, and they've got the USB-C connectors. And so the choice for many people has been getting a little hub that plugs into the USB-C and then plugging in your older style things into the, the little hub. And that works fine, but the hard drive is still running at the USB-A speed. Whereas you can get a cable that plugs, you know, still into the hard drive and it changes the, uh, you, you have a USB-C connector on the end. Uh, 
And so that data cable is a higher speed bearing cable. And so you get the higher speed of the backups going at that point Mm. uh, or retrieval, whatever you're doing. But at any rate, it's not very expensive. And uh, I found the other day that we had a a USB-A cable plugged into a hub that kept disconnecting every once in a while because the printer in it kept competing for the amount of power that hub would use. Whereas this means it just goes straight into the machine and there's no there's no conflict. Right. So the cable that you linked is uh, is a cable that's on from Amazon, and it's USB C to USB three. I think is that was the uh, the standard on on that kind. They also called it a super speed was an, was the marketing term for it. Um, but yeah, it's USB micro B three. I think it's but, not a USB A or whatever. It's a micro. Yeah. It's it's a different different yeah. connector. It's got two little segments on it. And uh, yeah, a lot of hard drives, external hard drives right. use that. And use so it's that. higher speed. Uh, and that's the, one of the things is how confusing a lot of these USB-C cables are because some don't provide power. This one apparently right. the, that we'll, we'll put in the show notes provides also provides power. So it will power For the a, hard drive, right. a hard drive. Right. right. Uh, so that's good. And it's, you know, eight bucks. So that's a pretty yeah. good deal. Yeah. Awesome. Good idea. So my pick this week is uh, another little app that I want to talk about, a Mac app called Text Sniper. And it's this was something very simple and very useful, which is it can extract text from any visual uh, document, anything on screen. So if you have a YouTube video, a PDF, uh, an image file, uh, a screencast, uh, a web page where the text isn't selectable, all that stuff, if it shows up on screen, Text Sniper can read it, and it's very simple. It lives in your menu bar. You click on the uh, the uh, um, the icon. You click on Capture Text, and then you click and drag over the text that you want it to capture, and then it puts it on the clipboard. Very wow. easy to use. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, if if there's if there's contrast problems between the text and what's behind it, you know, there, uh, it you know the the color is similar, that sort of thing. It can you'll have to clean up the text a little bit, but it's a lot easier than typing all that text over again for long stretches of text. And um, I've run into you know PDF documents that are locked, and you're not allowed to copy out of them. Well, this makes it so much easier. Um, it also will read bar, uh, QR codes and barcodes. That it's a little extra fun- function. Uh, with it. And it's got a couple other features in it too, like importing from your iPhone, your iPad, that sort of thing. But uh, it's in the Mac app store for, let's see, um, $12. However, as always, if you have set app, it's free. <laughs> so, so it's if you included. Have set, it's included. <laughs> if you have a set app subscription, it's included in the subscription price, which uh, as, as I've been saying uh, over and over again, um, there's a lot of good stuff in setup that makes it worthwhile for a lot of things. So that is my pick this week. So uh, with that, I think it is time for us to wrap things up. Um, what we would love to hear from you, our listeners, get some feedback from you on what you think of anything we talked about, including the, that uh, Atlantic article about the AI. Uh, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. You can send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash Discord. You'll find links from our discussion and picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. 
please write a review of the show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you can write reviews in a podcast directory and share the podcast with your friends. That is the way we grow this community. The only way we grow is really by you sharing it with others. Uh, we'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Absolutely. Pascal, thank you as well. Thank you for having me. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.